Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is The Ask, and this is where we talk about different questions we have for the Bible and the different ways that the Bible might question us. And so glad that you are tuning in. Hope you're having a great week so far. And uh, today we have a, a great guest, uh, Dr. Jeff Cote, uh, is a professor at Huntington College. Uh, he teaches world religions as, along with uh, many other classes. Uh, I've gotten to know Je- Dr. Jeff Cote because he goes to our church, but also I'm an adjunct professor at Huntington as well. And uh, one of the questions, you know, we did a survey for this podcast about what questions you wanted to hear discussed. And one of the highest rated questions was this uh, idea, what does the Bible have to say about world religions? And uh, and so we're so glad that we have the opportunity to talk about it and that Dr. Jeff Cote could be here to do that. Now, we don't have a lot of time. This could be a whole semester of classes. Uh, we've got 25, 30 minutes. <laughs> and so we're going to go quick. But Dr. Jeff Cote, just to get us started, if you would just kind of share a little bit about uh, what are some of the major religions in the world right now? And just, you know, as briefly as you can, and kind of uh, uh, what what are some basics about each of those religions just for our audience? Well, um, obviously, we oftentimes talk about Judeo-Christian religions, and uh, we're very, very familiar with the uh, Christianity side of that and a little bit of Judaism. We maybe don't understand some of the more detailed issues there. Uh, but the reality is there are religions that are in other parts of the world becoming more a part of our system because Mm -hmm. people are moving here with these other religions as part of their background. Uh, For example, one of the older religions is Hinduism. Mm -hmm. And uh, Hinduism comes in many different forms, uh, but it is one of those religions that has focused its attention on the issue of how to remove oneself from a life of suffering, a life of problems, and uh, to find a way to uh, ultimate relief. Uh, And so it's one of those that we oftentimes hear about with regard to India. Mm -hmm. Uh, We hear about the idea that uh, we think of these people who have pins stuck in them and uh, whatnot, trying to deny their bodies. Um, But in many ways, Hinduism is a a very uh, appealing religion to some because it, it incorporates a lot of things. Um, there is a section of Hinduism that is focused around uh, re- religious uh, gods. Mm-hmm. So there are thousands and thousands of gods that are worshipped. And uh, the uh, puja, the time to worship, can be a, a period that's very devout by someone. Uh, these may pick a particular god to be their their uh, host, and so they will serve that god and try to live in a way that pleases that god. Mm-hmm. In other cases, uh, it is more of a self-discipline. It, it follows the kind of ancient uh, writings uh, like the Bhagavad Gita and uh, focuses on ways to remove oneself from one's bodily uh, entrapment and to get free. Uh, and, of course, we oftentimes think about Hinduism with regard to reincarnation yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and the idea that there is uh, something that's messed up in us and that we're trying to get free uh, from this uh, interminable cycle of rebirth into this world, not resurrection, but reincarnation into a new body or a new form. Yeah. And then uh, hopefully to eventually completely break that cycle and uh, no longer re- be reborn and, and simply empty into the that, that which is the highest being. That was um, an interesting thing to me is that, yeah, that... 
we kind of tend to think that reincarnation, that Hindus think it's a good thing, but the goal is to be spiritually liberated and break out of that cycle of reincarnation. That's right. Yeah. The, to, to find a way to understand that, that living according to my own senses and, and believing that I have a true body and I, that I have a true existence in this world is actually an illusion, Maya, Mm -hmm. And it is something that I am trying to stop. Yeah. And uh, what keeps me constantly coming back is that I keep buying into this illusion. And I yeah. keep living a life built around materialism and bodily comforts and bodily desires, uh, which just simply pull me back in. And and in, in its ultimate idea to, to uh, get free... Uh, is not to start a new life somewhere, yeah. but simply to end the cycle. Yeah, yeah, really good. Uh, Buddhism is very similar. Uh, um, you know, the Buddha, uh, Gautama, Siddhartha came from Hinduism into Buddhism, creating it. Um, and uh, in his case, uh, the the story goes in. You know, oftentimes people think about the fact that uh, when he was uh, a young man, he was a very privileged prince, and uh, his dad kept him from ever seeing anything that was evil, mm -hmm. uh, kept him from ever seeing with anything that uh, uh, would scare him or make him feel bad. And so uh, as a result, uh, he lived in a palace, and he enjoyed all these wonderful things. Uh, eventually, however, he sneaked out of the palace and on his trips with the chariot driver, uh, I suppose you'd say that, uh, he encountered these different things. He encountered a sick person. He encountered mm -hmm. a poor person. He encountered a dead person. And uh, as he saw these different people, an old man, for example, he saw uh, it, 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 what we would say, freaked him out. Mm -hmm. uh, and he began to realize there's a, another side to life. Suffering yeah. is a part of life. And uh, though he was married and had a child, uh, he made the decision to separate for the greater good uh, and to, uh, you know, to escape so that he might find enlightenment and, and freedom from this suffering and, 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 and ultimately help everyone get free of suffering. Yeah. So uh, Buddhism is built around the same kind of principles of Hinduism, and that is that uh, uh, there in this life we suffer uh, because we are tied to... Uh, earthly things. We're yeah. tied to uh, uh, physical desires and, and, and material possessions and things. And because of that, you know, even the early fathers of the church, by the way, which I always think is really interesting, it said, uh, no one can be happy who loves that which they can lose. Yeah. And that's the principle, right? If we live for material things and material possessions that we can be, you know, be destroyed by hurricanes and tornadoes and fires, then you know, ultimately we're going to suffer. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's that's kind of why Jesus might have said, uh, build up treasures in heaven, you know. Yeah, yeah. This idea of detachment so that you can pursue what is right and that's what right. is holy is, is in most major religions, but certainly prevalent in Buddhism and Hinduism. That's right. Uh, what, what's next on the docket? Well, uh, you've got vari variants, and, you know, we can talk of different ones, but uh, 
in China, uh, you know, you've always heard about uh, Taoism, yeah. uh, spelled like Taoism, and Confucianism, which really, uh, as much as anything, they're not built as religions. They are built as lifestyles and, yeah. and life principles. Uh, Confucianism is built around honoring ancestors by doing a good work and uh, being a good person who... Is, uh, treats life with etiquette and, and right behavior and, and so forth. Uh, and, and it's little wonder that the early leaders of China oftentimes said that in order to get to positions of leadership, you had to know Confucianism and to, to be aware of the analects of mm-hmm. uh, Confucius. Um, and, and so it, it is a, a, a very powerful religion that's not a religion, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Um, and for a very long time to, to get into a public service in, in China, you had to uh, take a test on uh, Confucianism. Um, but it's a very powerful uh, uh, religion and one that, uh, as I said, is not focused around getting to God. It's focused around being a, a worthy uh, uh, person who yeah. uh, would really bring life to everyone else and bring uh, a better way of life to everyone else. Um, and of course, everyone today is more aware, and I'm just speaking in larger pictures, yeah. I guess, uh, of Islam, yeah. which uh, began in the 600s, uh, so it's a very recent religion. Uh, and because of all the things that have happened with the Middle East, uh, you've certainly had uh, a lot of discussions about what uh, Islam stands for and uh, what is uh, its connection to other religions. And generally speaking, you, we, we often say that three great religions come from Abraham, mm-hmm. and Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Uh, Islam associates itself with Ishmael, mm-hmm. whereas Judaism and, and Christianity with Isaac and the covenant. Um, but there are different uh, principles. Uh, in many ways, Islam is a very moral religion. It's a religion that demands people obey, uh, and it is a monotheistic religion. It believes mm-hmm. in one God, uh, just as Judaism and Christianity claim as well. And uh, so uh, it is a religion of obedience to that God, Allah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Quran, every, most everyone knows uh, that is one of the sacred the, the sacred book, uh, and it is only sacred when it's in Arabic. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's just a, a regular book if it's not in Arabic. Uh, but it is a, a, a book that gives guidance as to how to live, and certainly people have mined it to see where it talks about violence or where it talks about Jesus or things like that. And uh, we can talk about that a little bit as yeah, well. Yeah, that'll we be go. good. Mm-hmm. But I would say those are the the, the main ones. I mean. Uh, it's funny sometimes in uh, in Christian circles, uh, you'll hear people say, uh, "What religion are you?" And uh, they'll say Methodist. <laughs> and, you know that's really not good that yeah. they think that. But uh, uh, you know, some people would say that the Reformation brings a whole new part of Christianity, a whole separate yeah. edition of Christianity. Yeah. So I would I would put those as the main ones. Yeah, and and maybe speak to to. Um you know, those are the major religions, but also in terms of worldview or belief systems, obviously uh, atheism or agnostic or secular humanism, there's uh, kind of different ways to think about it. But um, 
uh, what was interesting to find out is that there aren't many people who would call themselves atheists. However, a pretty predominant worldview in terms of how people live that most people are secularist, even if they claim another religion, mm-hmm. they tend to live secular lives. So maybe just unpack what do, what, what do we mean when we talk about secularism or secular humanism? Uh, what, what does that mean? Um, okay, let me back up a little bit mm-hmm. uh, here and say a couple of things I just thought about as I was driving over. Um, when you study history in general, I'm a church historian by vocation, I guess. But uh, when you study the history of humanity, what you find is the vast majority of the human race has always believed in some form of God. Yeah. Okay. So atheism is not a normal thing. Yeah. But it is a growing trend mm-hmm. in the so-called civilized countries of Europe and or the countries in Europe and America. Uh, we're finding more and more people who disassociate themselves from religion. They don't necessarily say they don't believe anything, mm-hmm. but they don't really believe in religion. Yeah. And so, uh, w- you know, we always use the word agnosticism versus atheism. Atheism's really atheism means not uh, theo God. Mm-hmm. So a true atheist believes there's no other existing being mm-hmm. other than us as human beings. And ultimately, you know, if we if we believed in what might be called atheistic evolution as one a, a scientific answer to how we got here, then that would make sense, right? That, yeah. that uh, no being started at all. It just started. Yeah. And uh, so we don't appeal to God for anything. Um I run into more and more students, not large numbers, but more and more students at Huntington who will tell me that they have no background in religion or they Mm -hmm. were raised pagan Mm -hmm. uh, by their parents. And so uh, I do think that's a a trend that is growing. Mm -hmm. Uh, More people are kind of, you know, not claiming to be associated with religion, Mm -hmm. whether they claim atheism or not. Now, secularism... um, Really is a different thing. I mean, in many ways, the idea of being secular is being non-religious. So it it doesn't have to be built around God's particularly, although that might fit. But it's really buying into the material world and nothing else. Mm -hmm. It's the idea that I am uh, uh, physically living my life out according to my best understanding with what I understand to be right Mm -hmm. or wrong. And uh, and I build my life to have a good life and and to experience uh, happiness on whatever level I can do it on. Yeah. You know, um, in terms of the the Christian experience, I think secularism has oftentimes been seen as an ism that's bad mm-hmm. uh, because it it tends to relate to the idea that I am more focused on this life than I am on the next life. Mm-hmm. And Christianity has always built the premise that really, ultimately, uh, as Peter tells us in, in his letter, uh, we are aliens in this world, mm-hmm. not really meant to live here, uh, and we are headed to another and better world uh, because this one failed. And so uh, to, to be secular then uh, is to kind of be on the level of, say, the rich young ruler who left Jesus, who asked him to be his disciple and follow him, mm-hmm. left him disappointed because he had lots of wealth. Yeah. And uh, that was more important to him, you know, um, than, than actually following the Savior. 
uh, I think what we see, um, well, I don't want to go. I, I could talk about I could talk about the uh, ancient Israelites and and how secularism was not necessarily about material things, uh, but more about idols. Yeah. But it's the same principle. It, mm-hmm. It's like. You know, God wants to have a relationship with us. God wants to to bring a better life to us, to deal with the the sins that would harm us. Um, but we're more bought into having what's around us. Yeah. And uh, so um, I think where I hear Christians' leadership mm-hmm. uh, these days talk is is the danger that we see that Christians are buying into this world. Yeah. And not uh, really being seen as uh, light. In darkness, but rather as part of the darkness, uh, growing darkness. Yeah. Um, and so it's oftentimes seen in the fact that we want bigger houses or bigger salaries or bigger cars or bigger places in society. And those become much more important to our lifestyle than living a Christian life, which mm-hmm. should be dominant. Yeah. You know, and so then it becomes merely putting Christianity as one more segment of our, our lives. I think that would be key for those who are listening, because oftentimes when we think about world religions, we think, well, hey, what does that matter to me? Whatever they want to do kind of thing. And even the, the kids who come into Huntington, I, I've seen the same thing. Uh, the vast majority of young people are not really raised with any major belief system. It's either kind of a nominal Christianity or nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, However, and so when they come into class and they have to go to a world religious class, most of them don't want to be there at first, right? (laughs) Like they're not typically excited about taking world religions. Um, It's not part of their major process. No, usually not. But I think for them, one of the things I try to emphasize and what I'd emphasize for the listeners is that whether you consider yourself religious or not, everyone has a worldview. You mm-hmm. have a belief system that you are operating by. Right. Like you can't help that. Whether you consider yourself Christian or not, you have a lens, a set of glasses through which you see the world, through which you respond to things, through which you treat people, the way you see people. You can't help that. Right. You, you have a belief system, and it is impacting the way you live on a day-to-day basis, for better, for worse. Right. The real question is, is, do you know what it is for you? Do you realize what your belief system is? And is it working out for you? Is it beneficial? So I think when you talk about the Israelites or even Christians today, I think you do see a lot of Christians who would call themselves Christians, but by and large, the way they live is pretty secular you right. know, in terms of their framework, in terms of... Uh, what's most important to them in terms of priorities that, and in, in, in really in, in the latest things I've seen, even most major religions, most of the adherents to that religion by and large live secular lives, you know, so they might identify mm-hmm. as Hindu or Muslim or Jewish, but by and large, their worldview, it tends to be more secular than it is shaped by their said religion. And so, one of the things I think it'd be interesting for people to do is to really try to unpack your belief system by the way you actually live and to really think through. So one of the things I say to the college student, kind of no matter what career you're going into, the reason this topic is important, this class is important, is because you're going to take your worldview wherever you go, mm-hmm. <laughs> for better, for worse kind That's of right. thing. And so I think it might be interesting to hear about like, in terms of the, a, a Christian worldview, how does Christianity, 
What is uh, what differentiates it from other worldviews or other religions in terms of our understanding of God or life? Uh, what would you say is unique about Christianity? Um, well, a couple things you, you got my mind thinking there, and I, I was trying to hold hold all my. I'm older, so you know I can't remember things well, very just, long. Just go with it, whatever you got. <laughs> but uh, uh, I was just thinking about the fact that that you're right. The our viewpoint affects everything, right? Yeah. Uh, if I knew that I was going to die tomorrow, uh, that that guy sang the song about that uh, uh, living. What is it? As if oh, I was yeah, dying. Yeah, living as if, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. If, if I if I realize that I have a limited amount of time, a very short amount of time, that will affect the, the way that I live, Yeah, what I'm going to do with my remaining time. Uh, the same thing I, I think about comes true in our religious perspectives. So, for example, uh, Buddhism and Hinduism both see the body as, Hinduism even more so, maybe I'll stay with Hindu, Hinduism more so, uh, but Hinduism sees the body as a detriment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the Bodhi, one of the books that I uh, have here with me, um, in that uh, he he talks about uh, in in the writing, he says, uh, for example, uh, why mind? Speaking about your mind, uh, why mind? Do you protect this carcass, identifying with it? It is really separate from you. Then what loss is its decay to you? Mm-hmm. First, just in your mind, pull apart this bag of skin. Um, and he said, the only reason we need to keep our body is to feed the jackals, or if we can use it for the better benefit of human beings. But it's not of value to us. Yeah. And so, if I don't like, if my body's not important to me then I really won't try to take care of it. Yeah. I really won't do what is necessary. But if I think, as uh, Paul tells us, that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. that changes everything with regard to what I'm going to do with that body that I've been given. Yeah. Because it's been given to me as uh, something that God expects me to take care of and do do well with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the perspective that I take uh, affects the way that I live. And, and I, I just think that uh, in so many cases... Um, the the world religions are built on the on these these specific principles that will affect everything that I do. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, going back to to Islam, Islam is all about obedience, mm-hmm. submission, and so it, it's it, regardless of what happens to me. And and you, and you know I can't really explain it in a short time, but. You know, when we think about these bombers and suicide bombers and things, we think, how can someone do that? You mm-hmm. know, how could they give up their life? Well, if one understands that that is one's call of God, one would do anything. Yeah. You know, because yeah. ultimately obedience is the definer as to where you're going to end up. Yeah. And, and Islam is very, the Quran is very full of, uh, uh, in many ways, more so than Christianity, of talk about hell and punishment, hellfire, and things that, that can come to the person who disobeys. Mm-hmm. So obedience becomes so important. And when you have the, the, the five pillars, the things that you're supposed to do with regard, you know, things like prayer and charity and fasting and pilgrimage and and, and following God as the only God and, and, and Muhammad as his 
profit. Uh, that then changes everything you do. You know, it, it, that's why you would see a person uh, take their prayer cloth out uh, right in the middle of public area mm-hmm. and, and lay it down on the floor and prostrate themselves there to pray because it is absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Now, if Christians take the same position with regard to the relationship with Jesus, that it, I, I, not, not that I have to obey or else I'm going to hell, but rather uh, I, I love Jesus and Jesus has asked me to live according to his lifestyle. So mm-hmm. that means to love those who hate me and to do good to those who despitefully use me and so forth. Then that will change my perspective on the way that I live my daily life. Mm-hmm. You know, I began to see people with the eyes that Jesus saw them with. Mm-hmm. And that then becomes my standard of living. And that's why when, you know, when you have like a, a writer like James who said, you know, show me your faith by your works. Yeah. He's not saying go to heaven by works. What he is saying is, if you truly have faith, you truly have relationship with Jesus, then works naturally fall out of that. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly the same principle of Martin Luther in the, in the 1500s. You know, uh, he, he said, we're the priests. We're all priests because mm-hmm. we're all serving God uh, as Jesus to everyone else. Yeah. You know, we're not Jesus, but we're serving as Jesus. Yeah. I think that's the, to me, you know, some of the big unique markers of Christianity in terms of how we see things is, is, and this is where I think Christianity is very powerful. Our understanding of human nature, I think, is dead on that, that humans are fallen. We have a sinful nature, but every human's made in the image of God right. with a great capacity for love and holiness yes. uh, found through salvation. So, and to me, that bears itself out, you know, that we can be very bad <laughs> and do some evil things as human beings, and yet we have this enormous capacity to do good. Um, and to me, I think that. That's a good worldview in the sense of we understand all human beings is made in the image of God. That contributes to why we should love all people. Mm-hmm. God created them. God loves them. And he's called us to do the same. I think when you unpack our understanding of God as God is revealed through Jesus and that we believe in a God who draws near to us, who has entered into our suffering and all other religions, that's a pretty scandalous understanding of God. Like God would never lower himself God would never enter into our humanity. God would never allow himself to suffer like that. You know, in all other worldviews, you're trying to detach yourself from these things and detach yourself from the world. And you're trying and it's to... it's your job to do yeah, it. It's your not job someone, to get to God. You're yeah. not giving yourself to Christ. You are doing it yourself. Yes. It's you are works. the one responsible. Mm-hmm. And it's a totally different mindset. Yeah. I mean, it, it is... Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad you kind of pulled us back, pulled me back. But the reality that Christianity offers that's totally different yeah. is the personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, it, it's not about hitching my britches and being better. Yeah. You know, uh, that will actually come as a result of my relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I was mm-hmm. just thinking about the fact that uh, um, John Wesley, in his statements about what Methodists should do, he says, uh, do good and do no harm, and then keep yeah. to the ordinances. But then he also talks about assurance, how we know that we're a Christian. Mm-hmm. And he says one way is, of course, that our spirit tells us, the, the Lord's spirit speaks to our spirit. But he says a defining thing is that we're different, yeah. that we are changed. And the mm-hmm. result of that life comes because of the, the work of Christ in us. Mm-hmm. And it is totally different, you know, in in in. Hinduism or Buddhism, I'm trying to escape this uh, cyclical 
reincarnation cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, in Christianity, it's being born again. It's dying to the old self and rising within that same person I am, same person I'm living. It is rising to a new life in Christ, Mm -hmm. a life that has now been brought into perfection uh, or or over time is being brought to perfection. Mm -hmm. Um, And even the uh, when you speak of reincarnation, you know, one of the things in First Corinthians 15 it talks about is we not only will just be, uh, you know, resurrected, but we will be resurrected with a new body that is part of the the old becomes new. And and so it's all uh, it is not over and over and over again, getting a completely different existence. But it is, in fact, becoming the ultimate thing that God always wanted us to become. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, I think that that is so different than anything we see in these other religions. And I think that would be key as we think about this is we kind of live in a time where, you know, you hear stuff like, well, all religions are pretty much the same and all religions are different paths to the same goal. Uh, when in reality, that that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Now, I think what people are after there is that we need to work as hard as we can to have constructive dialogue, uh, to not be mean in terms of people who have other worldviews or faith systems. And those are all things that we would certainly agree with. There, right. There's no um, sense in being mean or angry towards people who have different worldviews or belief systems. However, this idea that all religions are basically the same, yeah, I think is equally offensive to all the different religions. Because more often than not, we're not even in the same arena. Right. You know, we, our understanding of the human problem, the solution to that problem are dramatically different. Our understanding of God and his nature is dramatically different. And so... To tell someone of the Muslim faith that their their religion is basically the same as Christianity would be offensive to them, but equally offensive to Christians because we're not the same. Our right. understanding of God and God's nature and um, the human problem of sin and the need for salvation is dramatically different right. than other, any other worldview or religion. Our understanding of grace and compassion and mercy and forgiveness and all that's rooted in Jesus Christ is dramatically different than any other religion. So I think for our listeners who, who are just, you know, kind of getting a basic summary here is to understand, hey, everyone has a belief system. Everyone has a worldview. We're not here to antagonize people. At the same time, you know, Christianity is very unique in its understanding of the world and, and God and humanity. Right. And and I I would say that uh, in thinking about that, uh, you know, if ultimately God has called us to uh, the Great Commission, go into all the world and and preach the gospel, and ultimately God's desire is that everyone Mm -hmm. be saved, Mm -hmm. uh, not willing that any should perish, how is it possible to do that if we isolate ourselves and we make ourselves offensive to others by not loving them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just reading today in Acts uh, where Paul is in Athens, you know, and and his perception is all these statues of gods, you know, uh, are are, there many, many uh, of them uh, with Hinduism, many thousands of gods. Uh, but he didn't throw them away. He didn't yeah. say just, you know, hey, get out of here. He he said, you know, I see you're religious. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you about the one that's real. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think that uh, until we build relationships with people and we we are able to know people and and them know us, how can we expect to bring Jesus to them? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's unfortunate because so many times. 
in our anger at bad deeds, and they certainly are bad deeds at times that are done by religions. Um, the reality is we're not called to be the judges. Yeah. We're called to be the people who love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's that's what distinguishes us. Uh, having been changed by Christ and become like Christ, we should live and think like Christ. Yeah. Who would want all of them to be saved? Yeah, I think for those, you know, for all of us, the way I would define it is our understanding of Christianity and the scriptures that are our truth is exclusive in a sense that we believe certain things. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but our love is always to be all inclusive. Yeah. We're called to love all people, regardless of background, skin color, what they believe. Uh, our truth may be exclusive that if Jesus is right, then, uh, other religions by definition. by definition would be wrong. Um, and, but Jesus never lets us off the hook in terms of love. It's right. to be all inclusive and, uh, and how we approach people of different faiths and beliefs. So one of the things I'd encourage, you know, our, our audience to really think about is, A, think about, again, your belief system. Whether you say you're a Christian or not, how is that actually operating in your life, the way you think, the way you treat people, the way you act? Uh, are you really living uh, into the truth of Jesus Christ? Or are you kind of saying you're a Christian but living that kind of more of a secular life? And then I think the other thing is just kind of how can you um, be someone who lives into that truth and exemplifies that? Now, obviously, we could not cover close to everything. So, uh, Dr. Jeff Codes, uh, if you would, you've offered to do this. If you have any questions, uh, what is your email? If if people had a question for you, you wanted to contact you, what's a good way to do that? It's uh, jjeffcote at hawks.huntingdon.edu. And that's hunting done with a D. All right. So, uh, and you can go to the Huntington website and also find the email there, but uh, be more than glad to help answer questions there. And so, uh, but to me, this is just an awesome topic to think about as we think about, again, what is it that we believe and how do we live into that? And so uh, glad that you could join us today. So uh, thank you, Dr. Jeffco, for being here with us. And again, as always, I would love for you to subscribe to the podcast, rate it on iTunes. It's very helpful to us. Uh, But we will uh, see you in a couple of weeks. God bless.